and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. I have had a myriad of technical problems this week, so I have got this out later than I would have usually, and I can only apologise that this is a day late. It has been a horrendous week in the UK in terms of a heatwave, and it has truly taken a toll on my poor computer, as well as myself sitting in a study with it all day, fanning hot air everywhere whilst I work and then doing the podcast on top. So it's been a bit of a nightmare, but I'm glad that we can finally get this out. But we're heading over to a religion rather than a place today, as I would usually relate something to the heat. But we are focusing on a monster from Hindu and Buddhist beliefs, and a musical one at that. We are looking at the Kanara this week. The Kanara is generally described as a hybrid monster of a bird and a human, with the lower half of a bird and the upper half of a person. They stand at the average human height between 5 to 7 feet tall and are also known mostly for their association with music and love. They are also known for their immense beauty and kindness and they come in both male and female variants with females being referred to as the canari. The females do generally look different as well They would have the lower half of a swan, whilst the male variants were usually eagles or ravens in appearance in their lower halves. They would wear dresses and sashes formed out of flowers, obviously depending on the gender, and they would play different instruments on the gender as well, with the females playing drums or flutes, and the males with lutes or lyres. They were celebrated in traditionally Buddhist and Hindu countries, such as Burma, India, Cambodia, Thailand, Indonesia, China and the Philippines. And they lived within the Himalayan mountains within a magical forest called Himavantu, where all of the mythical creatures of the world live, but would look over humans over times of trouble, offering guidance and assistance where they could. They were considered the bards of the mythological world within these areas, and would sing or write poems about great deeds of humans that they had witnessed. They are usually paired and mated for life, with the respective gender opposite, and they have immensely long lives to spend with each other. However, they would not usually procreate themselves, which begs the question of how they emerge into the world, and unfortunately, it's not an answer we know, I'm afraid. However, They were known to adopt human children who were orphaned or abandoned, which I think is very sweet, which adds to their kind-heartedness. But in terms of their eating, they would feed on flower pollen like hummingbirds and would often be found holding trays of flowers. They were beautifully described in the Mahabharata, which is a major Sanskrit text from the 4th century in India, and they were described here as We are eternally lasting lover and beloved. We never separate. We are eternally husband and wife. Never do we become mother and father. 
No offspring is seen in our lap. We are lover and beloved ever embracing. In between us, we do not permit any third creature demanding affection. Our life is a life of perpetual pleasures. However, what is interesting is that within specifically Hindu folklore, the Kinara are described as something very different, as being half man, half horse, and half bird. I don't know how that works mathematically, by the way. They were considered fairies and were still always found within those mated pairs. They would usually be captured and presented as gifts to kings or sultans to be their bards or jesters, and are still found in Hindu architecture to this day to represent their royal history. For etymology, Kinara is a Sanskrit word, and it exists as a full entity on its own for this monster. There are no roots that we can find within history for any part of this word, but the word itself means celestial lover or celestial musician, which I think is beautiful. However, it also shares its name with an incredibly historic instrument, the Kinari Vena, which comes from the mythological monster itself as a tribute to their musical abilities. This instrument is a tube like a flute, with gourds attached to one side to create different soundscapes, and is always carved with a bird on the end to represent its namesake inspiration. This instrument goes all the way back to 500 AD and is considered medieval. You can still get them, of course, but they are much rarer nowadays, and they are not made the same way. Speaking of history, though, this monster goes back to at least the 3rd century, which is around 200 AD, making it one of the oldest monsters that we have ever covered on the podcast. It was first mentioned within the Buddhist text, the Jataka Tales, which tell the stories of the birth of Buddha in both their human and animal forms. Generally, these are tales about Buddha's adventures and how they would solve problems with mythical creatures and humans alike, one of these being the Kanara. Whilst I don't have the specific story on where they come in, this story is just one of a few, with them also being mentioned in the Buddhist text The Lotus Sutra, where many Buddhist mantras and schools are defined and established, and scholars believe that this text has been in existence since around 500 AD, which does line up with the Canari Venus creation. However, there are different stories about the Canara in different countries and cultures too, such as in Burma, they were believed that the Canara were four out of the Buddha's 136 animal forms in their life, and they are one of 108 symbols on the footprint of Buddha. In Indonesia, they are usually depicted as guarding the sacred tree of life, the Kalpataru, and they are more frequently linked to angels than any other kind of mythological beast. Speaking of being linked to other monsters though, in Thailand, they are very often linked to the Greek Chimera, a monster with multiple animal heads that breathes fire. Whilst they are usually a goat, lion and snake, here, the arms and lower bodies are represented with bird wings and legs. They are also more often known as Shang Shang, which means celestial musician, and is a symbol or gong in ritual Himalayan music. These aren't the only mythical beasts that they have been compared to, though. The most common of that is the Kalavinka, which is going to be covered in its owner episode at some point. 
But the Kalavinka is another Buddhist bird beast. Try saying that quickly. But is a human head with the rest of the body of a bird. It also sings beautifully, but it recites the Dharma whilst it flies overhead, which is the Buddhist moral law. And, of course, we have to talk about harpies from Greek mythology. These half-bird, half-woman monsters are truly that. They are depicted as malevolent within myth, and you can certainly see the resemblance. However, you can definitely see the difference between their malevolence and the benevolence of the Kinara. In terms of real-life comparisons, though, I'm not really sure for this one. Of course, we can see the relation to music and birds due to their beautiful morning songs, but to have a full-bodied person with bird legs, I'm not too sure I can relate this to anything we know of today. But moving on to modern media, there really isn't that much for these monsters specifically, I'm afraid, even though they have been around for nearly 2,000 years. So what I've done is I've popped in some hybrid bird content here for you this week. But for art, have a look at the statues all around these Buddhist countries that I have mentioned, especially in Thailand, where they love a statue, where there are so many of these and they are spectacular to look at. One of them is fully painted and porcelain and is just gorgeous. And the other biggest one is completely made out of gold and it is just stunning to look at. So I really advise Googling those. They are really gorgeous statues. Otherwise, I would recommend independent artwork, but there really doesn't seem to be very much on this either. So try your best. I certainly used an independent one to advertise this week, but I couldn't find the artist. But that would be my suggestion. In movies, we have The Dark Crystal, Howard the Duck, Batman Returns, Blood Freak, Flash Gordon, Doraemon, Nobita and the Winged Braves, and Guardians of the Lost Code. For TV, we have Digimon, Ranmahalf, Shinzo, Thundercats, Star Trek, Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle, Rick and Morty, Mortal Kombat, Defenders of the Realm, Galtar and the Golden Lance, Adventures of the Gummy Bears, Chaotic, Legends of Chima, Jumanji, the animated series, Star vs. the Forces of Evil, Tuka and Bertie, and the real Ghostbusters. In video games, we have ones such as Soikoiden 3, Alien Shooter, Bloody Raw, Team Fortress 2, Dungeon Crawl, Final Fantasy XIV, Legend of Zelda, The Longest Journey, Arrogation, Unlight of Day, Digimon World, Guild Wars 1 and 2, Mass Effect, Mega Man X, Evo, Search for Eden, Pokemon, Metroid, Akami, Rainbow Bill, The Curse of the Leviathan, RuneScape, Shin Megami Tensei, Shining Series, Elder Scrolls, Starbound, Star Wars, Empire at War, Crut, The Mythic Wings, Shadowbane, Sonic Riders, Master of Orion, World of Warcraft, Dark Souls, Battleborn, Cube Escape, Dwarf Fortress, Xenoblade Chronicles, Hyperlight Drifter, Endless Space, VGA Planets, Evolution, the Game of Intelligent Life, Inazuma Eleven, and Max Blaster and Doris the Lightning against the Parrot Creators of Venus. That is a whole one. My book recommendation this week is to have a look at Before Buddha Was Buddha, Learning from the Jataka Tales by Rafe Martin, 
For a great summary of Buddha's adventures from the Jataka Tales, it's a great book and I really enjoyed learning more about Buddha, honestly. But now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? Do I live in the Himalayas? No. And so I cannot tell you if there is a secret hidden world of mythical monsters there. I really want there to be, because in the real world, I do not think this monster could exist without us knowing, unless someone like David Bowie had bird legs that we couldn't see. I do miss him every single day. I think this monster is fascinating though, and I love the idea of them being almost jesters or court musicians to ancient kings. Maybe that experience scared them off of people, and they did once exist amongst us, and now hide away? Who knows? It might also be a slavery thing for them, so I imagine that was quite traumatic to be sold off to kings, so I don't really blame them. I found this monster really fascinating to research though, as I just don't know very much about the Hindu or Buddhist faiths, and it's been really nice to delve into this a little more this week and look at the comparisons I've seen within other mythologies from other cultures too. It is really one of my favourite parts of doing this podcast, and I love learning more, and I really hope all of you do too. But what do you think? Did the Canara roam around playing beautiful music? Let me know on Twitter, I would love to know what you think about this one. A super interesting one this week though, and one that's so old I'm shocked at how ancient it is. We really don't get many that are this old, so I'm always thrilled to research something as much as I can to pass them on to you, and to just bring them back to the attention that they deserve. Next week though, we are heading over to Europe, and mostly England, for a legendary monster that we have mentioned in passing before, so I really want you to dart your eyes away from the petrifying cockatrice next Thursday from English and kind of European folklore. For now though, thank you so much for listening, it's been an absolute pleasure If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can always be found at mythmonsters.co.uk, and you can find us on Good Pods, Buy Me a Coffee, and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. Come join the fun though, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky, and I'll see you later, babes.